What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Be Meaner Than It. I'm Max. On the other side is my friend Jake. And hey. uh, we got a good show today. We just uh, figured that um, we can't just do chapter by chapter. Some of this stuff is just too exciting to leave. And some events happen over several chapters. So we're actually going to do chapters four, five, and six today. Uh, Forgotten Ruin Book One, written by Nick Cole and Jason Anspach. Great book. Can't get enough of this thing. Uh, Lay the Hate came out. But uh, I've been having some trouble dedicating some time. I just finished Wayward Galaxy 2, which is an awesome book. Also, I don't know if you finished oh, man. it. Have you finished no, it? No, dude. I'm like, I'm like three quarters through that. Man, it's good. Man, I don't... It's pretty guys, intense. What, what Jason and Nick make... Actually, Wayward Galaxy was made with Anspach and uh, Chaney, but still super good. Um, but I can't wait to dive into Lay the Hate. I just can't wait. Dude, I was actually, I was staying up late and uh, because I had coffee at like 10 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, I wonder who would win in a fight. The Rangers uh, from Wayward Galaxy or the Rangers from Forgotten Ruin? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good I mean, that, that's a different topic. We could talk about that offline, but you know. Yeah. And would Alexa be included in the fight or is it just the. No. Because she'd have to just, take out a. Because she cheats. She can just activate cheat modes you, and... you have to take out alexa and brody oh, and brody yeah I, I don't know i feel like it would go to this well they're all rangers though i don't know I, and they got the osa also so i don't know they do have those say that'd but be quite a when battle. you think about the dude, the rangers on forgotten rune they were like laying the hate with barely nothing so yeah, you're right. i don't know if you, if you if you eviled out the playing fields it'd be a good battle that would be, yeah, it would be a sweet battle. I'd pay to see it. Yeah. Okay, so we open up sure. chapter four. Uh, remember that Deep State just tried to pull rank, and uh, Knife Hand reiterates to him while staring him down because he probably wants to slit his throat that this is a combat operation and he's in charge until the government can be either discovered or created. But he's still putting a uh, deep state in his place. So what knife hand yeah, starts to that's go That's the way it now, should be. That's the way it should be. I'm so glad he puts that point in his place. I was so glad he didn't feel the need to let him carry on with his power trip. But anyway, so now yeah. Captain Knife Hand starts spelling out the battle plan. He says, uh, you know, the drones picked up upwards of 5,000 enemy forces heading that way. Um, he expresses some frustration because the Rangers are not a defensive unit, right? They conduct raids. They believe the best defense is more offense. Um, uh -huh. But basically, uh, tasked with the great asset, the Forge, they are kind of forced into playing some defense. Yeah. And at the, he's kind of like, you know, we, we leave the hate, we take the offense, but if you need us to, like, this is our 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 objective right now, we have to protect the forge. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do damn good. Yeah, we're going to do damn good. And he has the best ending quote for his brief. And I'm going to read it. We're not doing kill chains. We're not working near certainty. If we determine that anyone approaching our defensive perimeter is our enemy, we are going to kill them and make the people they knew afraid will come for them next. Yep. And I, you know, 
I've I've never been deployed, but I'm I know that it can it can get pretty technical with engaging and choosing to engage some targets. Do you have any experience on that, Jake? Uh, yeah. Okay. So from my personal experience, the, uh, it would just be your rules of engagement, which, um, you know, your positive identification, your likely identical uh, threat. And if they fired at us and, you know, that type of thing. So yeah, the, uh, likely identifiable threat and, and other things like that. Um, sometimes it is kind of hard to identify when you're in a village, like you might see some dude walking around with a, you know, AK or whatever. And you're like, Oh, is that Afghan security guard, Afghan army, or is that a bad guy? So that's when your rules and engagement, you're like, eh, I just can't light them up right now. We have to figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's would my it, experience. Would it have made your life so much easier if they were just like, no rules, just, you know, just do it. I, I'm pleading the fifth on that one. <laughs> Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Okay, so um we got that and now we move into uh chapter 5. And uh I just couldn't leave yeah. it on the on the combat briefing and then not get into the extreme violence that ensues. It's just too good to pass up. You can't do yeah. it. So no, the briefing chapter ends. 5 is awesome. Yeah, it is. So is 6. So, so uh, the briefing's over. <laughs> Sergeant Major Stone walks by Talker and without breaking his stride says, uh, hey, come with me, son, and, and lays down to him, you're, you're going reaping tonight. And uh, this is going to be his first, you know, like time he's he's trusted with other Rangers to like go out and do stuff. Because remember, initially, they Sergeant Major Stone was like, just stay out of everyone's way. And now he gets, uh-huh. to, now he's like, handpicked by the sergeant major to go out you know with them yeah and i love the explanation about why he was picked it was just like oh if there's any intelligence or anything out there like you're you're intel guys so you got to get it yeah yeah, yeah. And i'm like <laughs> so you get put on a on a kill team and <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's your purpose yeah and so um it's kind of it's kind of the first time that a uh, talker gets kind of recognized for any any skill he kind of has which i i would feel like was pretty neat if i was him um yeah so talker gets uh um attached to the kill the kill team (laughs) kill team we're all about galaxy's edge uh (laughs) the, the reaper team um and uh so then they start talking about the target and uh thor's kind of laying stuff down for him um, and he shows him some, some smartphone footage uh-huh. from the drone the previous night. And, uh, you know, Thor, I just love Thor's demeanor during all this. He's like giddy. He's like happy. He's in his happy place. He gets to go freaking go break and destroy something. Dude. And I think when we were, when you and I were first talking about the books and we were talking about Thor all the time, it's mm-hmm. like Thor was meant for the ruin like 100%. that's his, that's his world like 100 it's almost like he was born and then the ruins like all right now we need to be created just for this guy i, yeah. I can't yeah it's amazing we have we have a need for him here <laughs> it kind of reminds me of like uh the a10 warthog 
like they built the machine gun and then they're like, we need something to carry it now. That's yeah. Thor. <laughs> it's the, I, I can't think of a better way to uh, personify or symbolize Thor than the A-10. That's great. Metaphor? I don't know. I didn't go to college. So <laughs> Thor shows them uh, footage from the drone, which was some, I guess not a tactical drone. It was just some high-speed thing with some fancy cameras on it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's the battle of the previous night. So they recognize the footage from it. Um, they see the giant crouching behind the hills, and this is all in thermal. Um, and it approaches this clearing kind of beyond where they're at. And they see this this dude and he's doing some weird ritual thing with his hands and it looks like he's summoning something up out of the ground and then throwing it like a football at mm-hmm. um third squad's position which um was where they were where they lost comms the previous night talking yeah. kind of goes into a a you know another rewind because he's always on a caffeine high about about that and uh, but we're trying to tell it linear, so bear with us here. And uh, so they lost comms that night. Third squad did, or the CP lost comms with third squad that night. And it gets weirder, right? So they see this dude doing this, and then Thor goes, "But watch this, hold on." And now they're looking at the same footage, but in super clear night vision, like he's never seen before. And what they're able to do with night vision now, I don't know if I don't know if you've seen any of this, Jake, but night vision now, at least it's not implemented in the field yet because money, but uh, it's freaking nuts what they can do with night vision now. I'm super jealous. I Dude, want some of that. I remember my my night vision, everything was like green and black and two-dimensional. Yeah. And you had no idea you had no idea what was what. Yeah, it was like looking at a TV screen, right? You had no depth perception yeah. whatsoever. Um, yeah, it was horrible. So anyway, he's able to see through this super crystal clear night vision as it flies over the orcs. He even gets like a better understanding of what they look like. That's how clear this stuff is. Each individual ripple Mm. of the water he sees and he just starts to think, kind of get lost in how good it all looks. And they and they fly over that clearing and the dude's not visible. So that kind of blows everyone's mind. They're like, wait, what? He's invisible? And Thor's like, yep. pretty cool, huh? <laughs> and it doesn't even phase Thor. It like everybody is phase like, him he, at all. He, yeah, everybody's like, he's invisible. And Thor's like, that's pretty awesome. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Can't wait to fight this dude. <laughs> Thor's just all about it. So we see his yep. rifle. It's called Mjolnir, of course, because that was Thor's uh, Warhammer. And uh, he's attaching a thermal op to it. thermal optic to it he's talking to himself happily about it and i i can't get enough of how giddy thor is uh in this chapter about you know going out reaping and fighting some invisible enemy i would i i probably wouldn't be my attitude but um that sounds very tough and very hard but thor is all about it thor is a freaking animal and in this chapter too you also get thor's backstory kind of yeah, yeah, he, he goes into that. He goes into that a little bit. Um, yeah. We're almost there. We're almost there, though. All right, uh, dude, I, I'm sorry. It's one of my favorite parts. I, I know. I get it. I get it. So, uh, uh, and of course, before the battle, before the mission, Thor has to go into a pagan ritual. Yep. With uh, He makes little MRE cakes out of the chocolate peanut butter, which I've never seen in an MRE. 
So I don't know if that I don't know if it even exists or not. Chocolate peanut butter? Yeah, have you ever had that? I never had chocolate peanut butter. I remember the peanut butter, and you probably could have mixed it with something else, like the cocoa powder. Some dudes swore they got chocolate peanut butter, but I've never seen it. They're communist. They are, right? I always got the jalapeno yeah. cheese spread, and I'm all right with that. Yeah, that stuff was pretty good, not going to yeah. lie. So, uh, of course, the two privates in the Reaper mission go with Thor, because how are you going to say no to a hulking sar- warlord sergeant? And I, you know what? I have a thing about Thor. I, I think he's going to leave the Rangers eventually and go north and become some crazy Nordic warlord in the ruins. You know, I completely agree with you. I think the Rangers will be like tying him down and he's like, look, it's my place in here to be like a barbarian warlord yeah, or, or something like that, you know, like, yeah. or he's just going to be the king of the city of men, but he's still going to be on the front lines just laying the hate. So yeah, like he's, yeah, I, I don't see him leaving the books. I mean, no, that might be, I, I hope he doesn't because he's one of my favorites, but He's, you know, now that I, we I say that, they'll probably kill him off. <laughs> I don't. No, Cole, Cole Spack, don't do it. Don't do it, Cole Owens, Spack. no. Oh, no. Um, okay, but, and, and here we see, again, Talker questioning himself. Can I hang? He's wondering about himself, and uh, we can find out how he does. Uh, I think that's pretty normal. If, if you're new to any military unit and you get involved in your first you know, big op or big, big, uh, critical incident, you're kind of questioning like, Oh man, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I can, can I do this? You got to fake it till you make it. Yep. Uh, okay. So they're leaving the defenses and Thor goes into why he got into paganism. He, he kind of admits it to talker. It's all for the beard. It's all for the beard. I get it. I feel like if I could have a beard in my job, it would get rid of like 90% of complaining for me. Uh, I just want a beard. Yeah. And he explained it as like the trifecta. Like he's a ranger. He has a beard. And what was it? Sniper yeah. or, or something like that. Yeah. Like it's just the, the three parts of it. Just equal us. He, he goes into all that. He goes, it was all about getting the babes. But yeah. then... He says, the talker, except this place is just me. And that that further just kind of solidifies for me. I think Thor is going to leave and he's going to be part of the ruin more than part of the Rangers in the future. Mm-hmm. I just see it. Well, it's like, I mean, other people in the ruin, they become who they not, like naturally are. Right. You know, and... Uh, for you listeners, Max and I kind of talked about it, and we've been holding back on spoilers and stuff like that. But if we if we say something, uh, I think our listeners have already read the books, and they're just kind of right listening. So, um, so yeah, like the rune makes you who you are, kind of like Talker with his mind powers, or mm-hmm. like that dude who becomes the Minotaur. You know, it's just yeah. who you naturally are, right? So yes, Thor will definitely become more of the ruin and become this Viking something or another Viking mm-hmm. badass. Just right. that. I think we should also say too, if you haven't read at least the whole book, this podcast will contain spoilers. <laughs> so from this point on, 
don't don't listen to us unless you've read at least book one because we're going to be talking about some stuff that's just too hard to not mention uh in our in our podcast okay so they go the reaper mission is go patrols formed up um and they're scanning for anything like orca ieds they don't know they don't know these enemies that well so maybe they do have ieds some form of it um they're going through (laughs) they're going through uh their patrol and the point man sees something sergeant thor says hasty ambush and so they all get ready Mm -hmm. uh to ambush a possible enemy um so i think that was an l-shaped ambush yeah of course it was an l-shaped ambush which you know what i've used in video games and it works like every time really yeah it works all the time you distract the enemy and then you open up from somewhere else i i love i love it when my teammates can understand what i'm talking about (laughs) uh so these go ahead but we've never done it We've never We've done never it. done it. We also haven't played in a little while, so. And maybe it's because I like to camp with RPGs and just light dudes up as they walk by. I mean, that's that's fun too. Yeah, I, I guess. All right, back to the book. I like doing that. <laughs> so they they see these they see these creatures. I think there's two of them, and they're smaller looking than orcs, which could still mean they're like normal human sized, because the orcs are like, they seem like NFL linebackers. Uh, they yeah. have flappy ears that twitch and flick to different noises and wide luminescent eyes. Um, I imagine that means they kind of glow a little bit. I don't know. Again, I ain't go to college. Um, so they're kind of poking around. And this scene kind of reminded me, uh, have you seen Chronicles of Riddick? Uh, they, not for a while. Okay, so they freaking invade this planet. The bad guys like completely overpower this planet. And then they have this this thing that's kind of looking around in crevices for holdouts. And he's got this mm-hmm. like almost scuba mask looking thing and it's looking in the darkness. And I feel like that's what these guys were. They were kind of like the outskirts of the main orc body. And I'm kind of thinking, how come they didn't, were the Rangers so quiet they didn't hear or did they see the Rangers and go, uh, uh, nah, we're out of here. Yeah, I was trying to figure that one out too because these creatures are obviously like like a scout unit, mm-hmm. but like a um, an expendable scout unit, you right. know. And uh, I was trying to figure that out. I don't know. Yeah, uh, because I, you, you I think a- like yes, they would try to be quiet, but these these creatures could still still hear them. So I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they were thinking like. Well, these guys look like the guys we're attacking, but there's only like six of them or eight of them or something. Mm-hmm. And what can they possibly do? Like, they're not a threat. So let's keep moving. And yeah, they're like pretty far away from the battle. So maybe these guys are not a threat. Or maybe they thought they were tied in with uh, McCluskey. They're like, oh. oh, whoa, I didn't think about I that. I honestly didn't think about that until we were talking about it right now. That's good. Whoa, that's gnarly because he's coming up next, right? Yep. Good old McCluskey. Good old McCluskey. Okay, then Talker says it got sideways. It got real sideways real fast. I love these little little uh, things that freaking Talker sprinkles around in his in his uh, narrative because 
it just keeps you going like, oh my gosh, sideways real fast. Like I have to know what that means. Mm-hmm. Please tell me. Okay. Brasher, Ranger in the column, says, Hey Talker, you feel that? And Talker admits to himself, Yeah, it felt it felt weird, like it was getting colder as they ascended in altitude. But Talker couldn't admit yeah. to that because he, he was afraid of losing his own sanity, like what up and down mm-hmm. was, or you know, left and right was. I thought that was good, good uh in, introspective look at Talker. And it to me, Tucker starts feeling the ruin at this point. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Like he knows that there's something up, but he doesn't want to be like, oh yeah, I could feel that too. And he knows it's different. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I thought yeah, that he was feels something. He feels something right there. Yeah. Um, so they approach this clearing and they know this is where they should be. Um uh Thor looks through his thermal optic and can't see a dang thing. So now they're in a tough spot because their target isn't visible. They know he's there because the drone already picked him up again, mm-hmm. but they can't see him and he's not showing up on the thermal. So now we have a problem. And Thor working through some stuff thought, you know, if we had mortars, we could just delete the grid, but uh, let's throw grenades and see what happens. <laughs> not awesome. Um, yeah. And so a couple of the rangers go out. They, they each throw, or one throws a grenade, and it bounces off an invisible barrier kind of back at them. And Talker's losing his mind right now because what in the world? A grenade just bounced off an invisible barrier. Bounces back toward them. The second ranger hucks his cooked grenade away, and the freaking grenades blow off in the, in the woods. The fog of war ensues, and Brum opens up with his 240, and it's bouncing on this barrier. Dee, 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 dee. And it pops Dude, I, it. I, I love that. They're like, let's throw grenades. And it's typical military, too. They're like, grenades don't work. Let's just shoot at it until something else happens. Yeah. Let's <laughs> keep going. Let's keep going. Um, but it's cool. It's cool. I, I like thinking about, because I, I play D&D, and... Um, I love the thought of this other element moving into that realm. And mm-hmm. there's, there's a, uh, there's like shield spells and all kinds of barrier spells you can do. And they can, they can withstand like a fair amount of punishment, but I, you know, there's no machine guns in D and D. So when Brum opens up on this, it, it actually pops the barrier. So it does enough damage to meet that threshold of whatever that barrier was, which was probably a pretty good defense against medieval weapons, but not against a freaking machine gun, dude. It's not happening. Uh, Now the target's visible and, but there's six of them and they're blinking in and out of existence all in this clearing. That's a, that's a spell I'm familiar with uh, in D and D it's pretty good for evading enemies firing on you. Uh, so the Rangers open up with their, what's wrong, Jake? Are you okay? Yeah, no, everything froze. So I did, I pretended to freeze too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I just do that. Whenever like my the... computer, free, whenever my computer freezes, I'll just like freeze physically too until it works. So psionics, I, I don't know, dude. 
All right. <laughs> okay, so the Rangers open up on their target, uh, but now there's a wall of fog that pops up. Boom. Brum, Brum runs out of, of ammo. He's reloading and uh, asks Thor, hey, you want me, to, want me to sweep it again? And then Comets, little miniature Comets, out of nowhere, come and slam Brum right in the plate carrier. Which, mm-hmm. again, I bet worked on any normal enemy and just exploded him into 56 pieces all over the place. Yeah. But it hit, it hit the sappy plate and uh, didn't affect him other than it probably felt like getting hit in the chest with a bat. But Brum don't care. Brum's way too full. Of yeah, he, he probably had some like burn marks on his chin or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, it probably other stung than, a little. Other than getting up and down. Yeah, it probably stung a little. Um, and then Talker is affected by some kind of crazy mind spell. He feels like he has a really bad sinus infection, a wool blanket over his mind, and everything's kind of slow-mo. Now, what what type of spell is that? That could be, uh, you know, the first thing that came to my mind is the spell called Feeble Mind, where you're just like, it it basically makes you extremely stupid. Um, Mm -hmm. But, and you you can't even talk, like that's how dumb you are. But Talker's still able to, uh, well, you know what? Talker doesn't try to talk. He uses his mind to talk. Yes, he does. He uses his mind to save Brahm on that. Yeah. So So is he so powerful at that point that the wizard can't affect him? I I think the wizard tries to spell on him and and Talker's like, no, it ain't working on me. It works through it. Yeah. Yeah. the, The spell definitely has an effect on him, but he's able to like, circumnavigate he's able to like go around the spell's effect with his ability with his psionics psionics ability looks like you're doing snake hands like yeah he's going around it (laughs) strike first strike card show no mercy okay uh thor frustrated by his enemy's abilities whips out his pistol and tomahawk and goes straight into the fog because why not because why not He's going for the ultimate prize. Could you imagine being a ranger and being like, oh, yeah, I just went out there with my pistol and tomahawk and freaking did business. That had to be some of his thought process right there. He's yeah. just too badass I mean, to stay still. You can't, can't stop he him. Can't, he, you can't stop him. Okay. And I love that he could probably could have grabbed other weapons, too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, tomahawk and pistol, that's all I need. Right. The, war- a- <laughs> the boss warlord is already... It's already coming out in Thor. It's already happening. It's already happening yeah. here before other people's abilities. It's like Thor just was able to accept and absorb the ruin before anyone else. And he's like, I know my role. I know what to do. I'm a barbarian. Dude. And and this part cracks me up too, because it's like kind of like when you're playing video games and you get to the end boss and you're like, everybody else has sword and shield and Thor drops his sword and shield and he'll just pull out a dagger. Like, yeah. what? what? What are you I'm, doing? He's like, no, I got this. I got this. I know what I'm doing. Not really, but I really hope this works. <laughs> I'm way too high on my rage. Oh, and so this is another interesting thing. The, the barbarian class in Dungeons and Dragons, they will... Um... Sorry, everybody. Looks like we lost Jake right there. Anyway, what I was going to say was um, barbarians have this ability to go into a rage, and it's kind of where they disregard everything and it allows them to negate damage coming to them and it gives them bonuses to their damage so i personally think 
this happened to Thor. Uh, he went into a rage. His damage being done to him is going to be pretty minimal. Um, and uh, after, after Thor goes into his rage and goes after the target, something comes out from uh, the side of Talker's vision. Some kind of weird demon thing comes out of uh, Talker's peripheral view and walks right past him. And it's got this crazy looking smile. I think it looks a little bit like Thor, but it says something to Brum, whose back is probably turned to uh, this demon coming up. And it sounds just like it sounds just like Thor. Doesn't look like Thor, but it sounds just like Thor. And this kind of made me think, hey, Jake's back. This kind of makes me think uh, that they were being watched, that they were being watched while they were uh, stalking the target. And hmm. this this wizard demon thing, or this wizard guy, was able to kind of get some info on Thor and use it in his spell to cast or to summon this thing up. But Brum is like conversing with yeah. not Thor and Talker is able to speak to Brum with his mind. He's saying, Hey dude, that thing is going to rip your throat out. And he hears, he hears Brum hear his thoughts and goes, Whoa. <laughs> Dude, how is Talker not freaked out by this point? Yeah, like, I think it's I think it's the spell having its effect. It kind of I think it kind of benefited him from being super scared, and he was just yeah. able to acknowledge what he was seeing and and then communicate because he couldn't really even move. I mean, everything well, was so slow motion for him. Right. right, but I was even thinking he realizes at that point he has powers. Yes. Like his mind isn't blown that he has powers. Mm -hmm. I mean, I sometimes my mind is blown if I can find the toilet paper. I'm like, this is the greatest <laughs> moment of my life. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, he he also is confused by how Brum hears him because he's no he knows he's not physically talking. And he goes, Oh, maybe mm -hmm. did he see the look on my face? No, he, he's able to discern later that he has this ability called psionics and it, it has something to do with mind stuff, but um, he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he, he knows yeah. something happened right there. He's not really able to determine what at the time, but definitely his psionics are taking, taking effect and he wasn't trying to use them. And I think that's, you know, he tries to use them like intentionally later on and it doesn't work. It's almost like it's something that comes up when he feels like he's uh -huh. about to die or something. That's 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 what I yeah, think. Yeah, like anyway. an emotional state. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Brum goes, whoa. Turns around and just hoses down this demon with the 249. Mm -hmm. And luckily it goes down like all living things should. And he, he puts a few more bursts into it just for good measure. Um, uh, I... <laughs> Love Brum's response. Whoa, that's bad. And then just opens up. That's the best. The demon had pale and red splotched skin, opening and closing its claws as it was approaching Brum. This thing meant to do maximum damage possible. This was a close quarters 
beast. But hosed down by a saw. Good for him. Good for him. Uh, Rumful sends on the demon boy. And uh, so with that thing down, uh, then Talker hears somebody rapid firing their pistol, a big roar. Ah! And, uh, and then the violence stops. And who comes out of the fog? Thor, holding the dead caster's head. That is just the best ending to a battle. That is so awesome. Not only does he kill it, he's like, I'm going to take its head just because. Just because. It was completely unnecessary. But, I mean, it's Thor. He's, he's, he's a warlord. He, he, he knows this is, this is him. Yeah, and I was and I was just saying, uh, bar- barbarians have this ability to go into a rage, and it it uh, they get resistance to different damage types. So he went in. I, I think he's a straight up barbarian, and he went into a rage. And close quarters wizards aren't super great, and he just was able to completely overpower this weak little caster guy. Casters aren't strong either, and. Uh, cut his freaking head off so awesome oh awesome yes i don't think i could go to sleep after i read it i think i stayed up all night pretty impressive uh so with the battle over um talker is tasked with gathering intel he gathers up a little spell book a little vial of i think it was blood and uh feel free to fact check me on this everybody listening but uh some sort of like lizard foot or tail or something. I didn't get all my notes in order before we started this, but this dude's definitely uh, a caster wizard of some type if he needs all that. And spells typically need spells typically need some type of material component to cast as well. So um, and you know and you know another thought I had was this wizard knew this wizard wasn't just um, yeah, I'm getting kind of ahead of myself. Jake just reminded me that was chapter seven. Um, but I, I still think that this, uh, this caster, he was able to, he either fought rangers before or he knew that, uh, he knew what would affect them somehow. Later on, we, we know that the orcs are able to see an infrared. And I wonder if the wizard was able to see, um, you know, the radio waves they were using or something and knew how to disrupt them. And uh, so that's what I think. I think he either encountered wiz- or encountered rangers before and knew how to fight them. Because remember, they show up 10,000 years in the future and the seals have been there for like 20 years. So maybe there's some kind of experience this mm-hmm. wizard has in, in fighting them. Um, yeah. And that is... Be meaner than it. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's amazing. Get after it. Onward. All right. Take care. I'll see you guys later.